0: The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to 2024. You've probably been in it for a couple of weeks now and you're, you've are you been going, where is the Experts Podcast? What's happened to it? It's We're in February. What's going on? Hello, Carmen Braidwood.
1: Hi, Nick Hayes. Happy New Year. Can we still say that in Feb?
0: You can, you can, if you haven't officially seen anyone, or you know, ran across them, or or, or the fact that you you still, you know, you're a bad, poor communicator, and you haven't been out there. But probably not, I suppose. We've got to let that go. Mm. Hey, got a big one to kick off this year, comes and and I'm really excited about 2024 mm. because I think this is the year that you have to go away and get out from behind the desk and do the job. And our first chat today, our first chat for the year is Mark Davidson. He's the executive producer of the Breakfast Programme on 3AW. It's Ross and Russell. Yes, you will know that if you're a Melbourne listener and uh, if you're a Melbourne person and you don't know who Ross and Russell are, then I say you're not from Melbourne. G'day, Mark. How are you going?
2: (laughs) G'day, Nick. G'day, Carmen. Um, Thanks for uh, inviting me on the podcast. First of the year. Um, Honoured. Thank you very much. Well, we want to
0: kick it off with a bang because... Your program, without doubt, and its awards, its ratings, its success over a long period of time has, you know, you would say it probably does come down to Ross and, uh, and his longevity. But I always say for good radio and comes, you'll back me up on this, is that good radio only comes from good producers. Is that fair to say, Mark?
2: Oh, look, no, I'm very privileged to be working <laughs> on, uh, on the show. And <laughs> Ross is a, look, he's an undeniable genius. And in my opinion, he's, he's one of the underrated geniuses of Australian radio. And it's actually astonishing. He's not even in the Radio Hall of Fame in this country, which I think is a great shame. But um, I know, I can't believe it. And, you know, the amount of time he's been on radio, he's changed the radio landscape in this country, in my opinion. And as you say, he's been doing it for a long time. I've been working with him for 10 years. Kate Stevenson was my predecessor. I worked with her really closely. And, yeah, as I said, it's just an absolute honour to work on the show. And I love it. It's the best job in radio for sure. We
0: need to change that, Mark. We need to get Ross Stevenson into the Hall of Fame. I, I cannot believe that. Well, let's start Let's start the campaign right now because every person I speak to, uh, whether it's an Evan Broadway in Perth, Western Australia, right through to the very people in Melbourne who just – sit there and listen, that he is, he is an absolute radio guide. And if, for, for mine, he is one of the best broadcasters, not just in Australia, I think internationally.
2: Oh, absolutely. He, absolutely. He and just just watching him work, you know, I get the privilege of sitting there behind the glass each morning and we get in, you know, we, we get in at silly, stupid o'clock each day. I get up at two in the morning, which is uh, kind of ridiculous uh, for work, but I wouldn't do it if I didn't work with... Um, people like Ross and Russ. And Russ coming on board has been an absolute, you know, godsend as well. He's really slotted into the team. But but Ross, watching his mind work every day, seeing how he approaches the craft, you know, approaches the news and stories, it's just, yeah, it's really inspiring. So I'm very lucky.
1: Mark, I wanted to ask you about the, the joining of Russell to this show. You know, when you look back on, on Ross's success, it's also the fact that he survived a lineup change, which a lot of broadcasters don't, because along with great producers, as Nick pointed out, one of the key things that makes a great breakfast show is excellent chemistry. So how important do you think it was that, that Russell was the person who stepped into that role?
2: Oh look, extremely important. Obviously, he's got a great pedigree with his um, TV background, working on Gruen, and um, coming also from you know the corporate side of um, of the world as well. And he's added so many strengths to the program. His interest was um, different to John Burns's, um, but I think it's really worked well with with him coming on board. So obviously, you know, I think he's been on the show now for three years, and it's gone by so quickly. And he's really supported yeah. the team. Yeah. We've we've all welcomed him, and he's and he's sort of embraced us. So it's been transitions now, not always easy, but on this occasion, I think he came in on right uh, when COVID was was around. And I think we his first survey was a twenty nine point eight or something. So wow. we, we call that the Russell Howcroft right. effect. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah, so yeah, you compare
0: it, you're comparing, you're comparing
1: Russell. <laughs>
0: comparing Russell to COVID. You're saying that he's had as much impact as a pandemic. <laughs> that is outstanding. Oh, I know.
2: Yeah, a global impact, Russell's had Yeah, for sure. Now,
0: <laughs> let's, let's not forget, you've completely avoided the very first question that I asked and gone straight into Ross Stevenson, which, you know, let's stay there with Ross for a moment because I've got to, I want to share something with you too, Mark, and the listeners, is that when I first started um, back in the 90s, Uh, I went I started in the media monitoring industry and one of the questions we did this little survey question and uh, the question was what is the rumor file and I responded back it is a file of rumors um, that is put together and uh, no idea what he was talking about and then and then realized I have my whole working life the 3AW rumor file has been running uh, in the 90s and right through all the 20s, and it's been emulated across. People have tried to replicate it across the country to do exactly that, but this is the most listened to bit of radio in the country, is it or is it not?
2: It's the highest rating moment, or section of radio in the entire country, spot on. And I remember Ross, as you say, he um, he came up with the idea of, of doing the rhymophile in the 90s, and, and Ross said, I've got this idea, you know, I, w- I want to take calls from listeners they're our eyes and ears out on the ground. They can ring up with their rumours, but it's uh, he got it over the line yeah. and it's persisted. And as you say, it it sets the agenda. You know, all the media outlets in Melbourne and across the country tune in every day at seven o'clock. Um, so many stories that day will emerge from the rumour file and uh, end up on the nightly news and and across three AWU more broadly. And yeah, it's just it's just a segment that just keeps keeping on. I mean, even today we we had a rumour today of. Uh, Young pro Aussie golfer, he had a a bit of a visa mix-up 10 years ago almost, and it's sort of translated to him not being able to get into other countries to play, so he can't go to the US, he can't go to New Zealand, he's qualified for all these multi-million dollar tournaments, but he can't actually get in the country to play, so stories like that we hear about all the time, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a fantastic segment.
0: The responsibility, though, Mark, because...
1: It really is a great segment.
0: Yeah, it it is amazing. But the responsibility, because you you get quoted in Parliament, you get quoted by other media outlets, they're all listening. In fact, I know for a fact all the TV networks are tuning in at that time, and and as an old media monitor, Mark, I used to have to be in the office before 7 so that I could have my tapes running, the cassette tapes, Mark, the cassette tapes, and we would have it recorded so that we could run it through and make sure that we could play it down the line to anyone that was being affected by it. It was a gender-setting radio. And I, are, you, are we seeing the sort of death of that now? Is that we, we don't seem to be, I mean, we were being held we were captive by it, if you, if you like, because every single word was so important has that sort of waned a little or, or are you seeing that this is still an important medium that people are and have to listen to?
2: Yeah look I'd like to say that i like to think that our program that hasn't waned I mean that's what we strive for every day to be breaking stories to be you know must listen to radio every day and I guess more broadly there are so many things competing for our eyes and ears these days you know whether it's social media and streaming and other platforms so you're right there. Holding people's attention is difficult and it's not the same as it probably once was a decade, 20 years ago. But, you know, we like to think that radio still has an important part in the media landscape. And we try to make sure that if the listeners aren't listening to 3AW Breakfast in the morning, they're not going through their day informed. So so that's our, our aim.
1: Yeah, you make it unmissable. You, you set that appointment with your listener. They know what time it's on. If I'm in Melbourne or even another city from time to time, I'll make sure I've got the app so I can tune in and listen to it. Here in Perth, it's being replicated on 6PR pretty well for the, about what, maybe the last, it's got to be the best part of a decade now that it, it first kicked off on radio with Stephen Baz. It's appointment-setting radio that gives you that intention to tune in. However, now you've got the opportunity to listen to it on demand right so you guys would be tracking how many people are grabbing the podcast of the show and specifically going to the rumor file to to grab that information afterwards do you do you prioritize that at all is that part of your gig as the producer to get that digital side of the content out there as well
2: well actually the rumor file is the only part of our show that's not on the podcast we don't podcast it so you Ah. have you have to listen live so you can't catch up with uh, with the room of horrors today, and we, we do. Yeah, we do that for a number of reasons. Obviously, we want people to tune in live, but we guarantee people's anonymity. And if it's on the podcast, mm. we're you know encouraging people to ring up with their stories, and you know sometimes they may have some information that people don't want out there, obviously, and. We don't want mm. people to go back and have a listen to, to maybe who that is if their voice is recognisable. So, yeah, we, we um, don't include it on the podcast. So, yep, tune in live. It's the only way you hear the riverfire. Tune
0: in live. Fascinating. <laughs> well, it's it's, it's it's it is, and as you said, there comes it is appointment booking radio. You have to be there. If you're not yes. listening to it, you're going to miss it. Uh, and speaking of missing it, certain prizes that come from, you know, rumours that you put in, there's only yeah. one car that can be given away at the end of each each year and I can't say that uh, would love to get hold of one of those. Hey, Scorcher, <laughs> why do they call you Scorcher? Oh,
2: tell you what. It's the worst story ever. I tell you, we should come up with a better story right now on this podcast. As Do to, it. It's all yours. <laughs> as to why I'm called Scorcher. It's such a Let's boring and banal it. story, and everyone always asks. So there's uh, Nick, you might know, Peter Ma, who used to fill in um, uh, on uh he W. He's your old boss. He was your my old, old boss. boss. Yes, Rehame. And um, <laughs> he, he was filling in one year, and I think it was over summer. And I was wearing a, a really loud shirt, sort of in the style of Tom Elliott. He likes to come in in his Hawaiian shirts. And, and I was uh, in a similar fashion one day. And Peter <laughs> literally just said, look at you, you with your loud shirt, you scorcher. And Ross sort of <laughs> picked up on this and he ran with it. So I'm stuck with it now. So everyone calls me scorcher. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just one of those fleeting conversations with Peter Mar. So it's a terrible story. But yeah, I have to live with it now.
0: <laughs>
1: Love a good producer nickname.
0: Mm. It's a great producer's nickname. I thought it was more about the fact that you, you took people and you, t- you took the heat to them. You, you basically put the, uh, the, the heat rod onto them and you've, you've given them a good scorching Open or you've left it. a yep. few politicians mm. feeling that they've, uh, you know, had a really good whacking uh, over their years. But uh, it was all <laughs> down to your shirt and Peter Mar.
2: Just the shirt, unfortunately. No, I don't give the polys a roast, so uh, it's actually, I think, one of the successes of the show really that we don't talk a lot of politics, and we find that, um, that Ross's um secret to success really has been that we don't talk politics, we don't talk religion, um, we like to keep our show you know the happy place. You know, that that sort of phrase emerged out of COVID, and you know, we have a bit of a saying on the show that no one gets hurt. Um, so we just want people to be informed, be entertained and, and go to work uh, in a good mood. So, so that's sort of our motto really for the tr- program. But um, yeah, the happy place is something we, we sort of strive to be
1: mark a few times on this show we've tried to theorize about why why is it that in melbourne a show that is about the happy place is successful as opposed to up in sydney a show that is pure holding people on the grill and talking politics is so successful what's the difference about about the two 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 cities
2: yeah it's just um i guess it's just historical really isn't it to a, in a sense i mean talkback radio has a bit of a reputation for being being very shouty and uh, and we had a little bit of that you know, with Darren Hinch over the years at three A w and to a lesser degree, Neil Mitchell. but I, you know Alan Jones um, being up in uh, in Sydney and John Laws, that was the style of radio that sort of everyone models on you know themselves on up there and and that sort of traditions continue, but we've had Ross Stevenson, and he's done it differently, and he's done it very well, and he's done it without shouting at people. He's embraced the audience, made it feel like a bit of a family, and you know I don't think you want to wake up every morning and have someone yelling at you, just in my opinion. But uh, so that's uh, I think that's where our point of difference emerges, really. So we, as as I said, we want to send people off to work in a good space, and um, yeah, yelling's not really our style.
0: It's funny, it's funny the difference in the program between Melbourne and Sydney. We've had James Willis, who's the former producer for the breakfast program on Two GB. He talked about the fact that he was in Melbourne um, doing a a program from Melbourne uh, and they were hammering some local state politician in, in Sydney and then he walked past the studios of Three AW Breakfast, and uh, they were discussing their favourite potato chip uh, flavour flavor <laughs> sort of thing. Sort <laughs> of <and> thing. <laughs> and I think it's you know the two worlds apart, isn't it? It's it's but it's what people are drawn to, and 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 almost feel like they're connected to. How, how close do you think that you know Ross and Russell have? Uh, have maintained in that connection with the people of Melbourne because they're also bigger than just the people of Melbourne now within a digital world because I even find myself tuning in uh, quite regularly from Adelaide to to listening to the boys
2: look audience is just key it's it's vital for what we do we couldn't do it obviously without our audience and they're the number one consideration when we're choosing stories when we're choosing content it's all about the audience and you know today there was a Fantastic story about a, a French daredevil who scaled a sixty-story building in Melbourne, and just in with a backpack, he had uh, no harness, no nothing, just free climbed up the whole thing. One of our listeners tipped us off to that. Uh, Trent, his name was. He rang in, and he was fantastic talent. And it was, I think, he was in our thirty, in his thirties, and just a listener, and, and rang in, and he made the program and all the other shows, all the other. Uh, media outlets followed us you know Seven, Nine, held some The Age they all rang in and, and got the information and it sort of you know went on from there like wildfire but you know that wouldn't have happened without the audience and I think you're really at a disadvantage if you don't pay attention to what the audience is feeling and thinking and that's how we approach the show every morning. I, I think that Ross doesn't like to sit there and pontificate and think everyone just wants to tune in to hear what he thinks. It's, it's more about community, really, and, and 3AW is definitely a bit, a bit of a family in that regard.
0: What is it What is it about uh, the ratings and particularly during those COVID period times, Mark, where people just stopped and went, you know what? And, and I think <laughs> Melbourne did it harder than anyone. Melbourne definitely did it harder than anyone and they needed to hear some information they needed to hear the content or they needed to find out what was going on and you you mentioned it earlier in the podcast you know with russell starting literally 29s and 30s uh that's what you were experiencing during the covid period i mean this is just phenomenal ratings Hmm. why is it that people still find the the medium of radio or even the traditional media format still something that they go to
2: yeah it was such a such a stressful time wasn't it and such an anxious time for people in Melbourne especially at the start and you know we were you know locked down a lot of the times and people had the time to you know get around each other and as I said earlier we wanted to be that happy place we didn't want to depress people at a really tough time and we we just sort of opened up the airways to, for people to call in and interact with us and obviously get the latest information out every day and and update them and, and inform them and it was just such a parish pump kind of situation everyone was locked in the same place and we we're all learning how to deal with this new situation and i think radio offered a, a level of comfort and calm in that regard and and that reflected in the ratings i mean that's unprecedented you'll never see anything like that again 30 percent audience share and even now we're back to normal and I, I think we like we've picked up a few listeners that we wouldn't have had before you know we're we're really strong in sort of the the 25 to 30 or 35 um demographic now after that and we're yeah the highest rating country uh, program in the country and I think that's uh you know that had a bit of an impact on it but yeah we've been able to carry that on since
1: Mark, excellent intel there for the listener who is an expert commentator, an industry leader, someone who might want to try and leverage that audience, right? You know, we're, we're talking to people who are as young as 25. I think a lot of people don't realise this about Talkback Radio. That sense of community, that sense of togetherness and, and being across the latest and what's happening in your own city is, is very strong. What would be your advice to a person who wants to pitch themselves to you to go, hey, can you call me next time there's a, a burst water pipe, I don't know, uh, whatever the issue might be, we, uh, to pitch ourselves as an expert? What do you want to hear?
2: Look, it sounds really obvious, but the, the main thing for me is be available. So you wouldn't believe how many times that people have pitched themselves or other people to me and I've rung them on the morning and they're not available. And so even when they've, they've contacted us and said, here's a, you know, a story or an expert or some talent for you, we said, great, we'd love to talk to them. And they said, yeah, they, they can't do it. They're not available until after eight 30. I'm like, well, that's kind of useless to me. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's the number one thing. It's breakfast radio. I know it's it's early in the morning. It's brutal. But make yourself available, especially on the day that you send out a media release or something. That's, I think that's just non-negotiable. If yep. you, you got to have your talent on the day you send out a media release. Yep. And that sounds so obvious, but I've, so many times that hasn't eventuated. And so just, just for some background for us, we're a little bit unique in a sense in the media landscape in Australia. We don't book in any interviews beforehand. So we come in every single day with a blank slate and we just go for it. So I get up at 2.15, which is just ridiculous and it's probably going to have long-lasting effects on my health (laughs) but but, um I'll I'll summarize the paper (laughs) for the team uh we get in I get in about 3 30 in the morning and we literally book all the interviews on the day um because we just want to keep it fresh um we don't want to cover yesterday's news and I think that's you know a real key to our success really so when you're pitching to us make it timely make it relevant and make the expert across their brief and I think that's the best way, look, and email me on the morning if if something's happened and you've picked up the paper in the morning or heard it on the radio, get in contact that morning because i we will book stuff on the fly, so it's never too late to do it. Don't wait for the next day because we probably won't return to it
0: yeah it's such it's it's one of the big things we hear in all the meet the medias is that you know if you're putting something out there and you've gone to all that effort because it's uh, an opportunity and there's no greater opportunity to be on 3AW breakfast with one of the biggest audiences in the country you know bigger than the today show bigger than sunrise even you know this is big big stuff and you and mm. you and you, you're not available it's be available people be available and, I know. and 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 look I'm guilty of it sometimes myself I you know turn the phone off or the phone's gone down or whatever it might be but it's like Oh God! If you put something out there, you're hypersensitive about the idea that look, it, it's you want to get you want to get booked. You don't want to be at the end of the day where no one's actually cared about it. And you know, I, I have heard Mark on occasions some experts, some kind of say, oh, I got a call from I think Three AW Breakfast. They've left a message, but I missed it. And you sit there and you just oh no, no, you <laughs> nuffy. Hey Mark, you're a Ballarat boy. You you went to Ballarat <laughs> Grammar. You're a uh, you're a local uh victorian if you like as ballarat might as well you're not regional these days is it really Re- ballarat's almost just a a suburb of melbourne um what was that like and photography was a, a big interest of yours you're a, a also a an award-winning photographer um what what how do you bring that into the show how do you bring that into your your, your work that you do on breakfast yeah
2: look, growing up in ballarat was uh was a bit of fun you know i I sort of left um, Boxing Day when I was 18, so I couldn't get out of there quick enough, but I did enjoy it. It was, it was a good place to grow <laughs> up. <laughs> but um, yes, and then pretty much came straight to Melbourne and, and to 3AW. But um, obviously interest outside of radio is photography, as you mentioned, and I do that in, in my downtime and been lucky enough to scoop a few awards, which has been amazing but I, I think that's just that's just good for balance and mental health isn't it so you it's you know a bit of a it's stressful in a sense but we we're sort of a well old machine now we we come in and and do the show and whilst we do put pressure on ourselves chasing people all the day it it is a really inclusive collaborative environment so we don't tend to leave really you know on edge or stress but it is good to just decompress after I can go and take some photos and uh, and you know compartmentalize my day like that but um it's uh, it's been great it's just added another string to my bow and um yeah Ross and Russ have been um very supportive in that that endeavor as well so it's been uh, it's been lovely
0: well done it's uh, it's uh, it's a, it's, a, it's an unusual hobby for someone who concentrates so heavily on audio uh, to then throw yourself into the visual elements
2: i've never yeah i've never thought about that nick actually that's a good point um yeah sort of I've never really worked in TV, so never had to deal with the, the visual side of things. But yeah, that photography's always been a, a little bit of a passion of mine, but I took it, started taking it seriously in 2019 and, and just sort of ran with it. But yeah, you're right. I um never thought of it like that. So good point.
0: <laughs> oh, no, it's, a, it's a good release. Now... What's what's the future? What's the future looking like there for you? I mean, you you mentioned you've, you've been with Ross and Russell now for three years. Russell's been there for that for that length of um, time. And you know, how long will they be going at it? Because it, it just almost seems, how does Ross Stevenson keep the energy, keep the motivation rolling? I mean, you know, you you keep doing it decade after decade after decade, but. It can't be just for the money. It can't be just for the uh, shits and giggles. It, there's something else. What is it? What's their secret?
2: Yeah, Ross is indefatigable, isn't he? he? Look, he's. I think with Ross, he's endlessly curious. So he comes in every day wanting to learn something new and taking cues from the younger team members. So we've got a really small team. There's myself as executive producer, Amelia Fuller, who's an absolute star. She's senior producer. She does the food reviews and uh, Sophie Clemens, who's our phone's producer, and obviously Damien Tardio, who who panels and does all the audio. So there's four producers, basically, and he will take cues from Sophie and Amelia, who are in their 20s, and want to know What's new in their world, and and language plays such an important part of our program. Ross is fascinated with language, and so some of the words and the slang that they use, mm. he'll pick up and mm. and start adopting himself. So he's just he just keeps moving and steam. You know, he's like a rolling stone; he just keeps going. And I can't see him hanging up the microphone for years and years and years to come. So he he's actually said to me on a number of occasions, he comes to work even if he's in a bit of a bad mood, getting up early. He, radio makes him feel good, and being in the in the team that he's got, he just thrives. And and Russell, you know, piques his interest every morning, and and he feeds off him. And yeah, he, you know, I, I can't see Ross, you know, leaving for a long time to come, which is great, <laughs> which is fantastic for me.
1: Good for you, and good for everyone around. Hmm.
0: Correct, correct, comes because good for for Melbourne, and good for the rest of the country because. Uh, it is his energy, it is his observations and you talk about language, um, I can't even say good thank, uh, thank you very much or good thank you, I always say good <laughs> Sanshu um, or uh, I, I, I haven't said Melbourne cup uh, for years, it's Melbourne gup, the gup. <laughs> And he always um, says um,
2: arcs. Arcs <laughs> del- deliberately says arcs. And people ring up, you don't, you know, it's, it's ask. But yes, mm. he has these quirks of language that uh, everyone, uh, you're right, Nick, everyone listening <laughs> will start saying them. <laughs> so I do, mm-hmm. the team does, and mm-hmm. Melbourne does. So. Yeah,
0: there's a new dictionary out there. It's the Ross Stevenson dictionary. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I'm a fan. I'm a fan boy. I always have been. Um, and one of the great memories, I think, and this is, this is funny because it's, where you your role, Mark, as a, an EP, I would catch up with your predecessor, Kat, Kate Stevenson, down in the uh, in the coffee shop down below, and and it's the only time I've met lots and lots of celebrities and everything like that. But I get all giddy when I run or even see Ross Stevenson. I, I can't even I can't even put three words together, and that's you know that's not good. It's not good when you're you know in the business of media and communications.
2: Well, no, he's a superstar and, you know, I'm, as I said, I feel so privileged working with him and I learned so much under Kate Stevenson who was such a natural and so good at her job and I was so lucky to work with her for seven years. It really helped me in good stead to, to you know, take up the role as EP when she moved on. And, yeah, working with Russ, who's a superstar of his industry, now adopting radio and Ross just, I mean, as we were talking before, he's one of the absolute legends of the craft, legends of the industry He's not in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't even bother him that he's not in the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, we'll look back in this period of radio and go, this was the golden era of radio when yes, Ross Stevenson yes. was on in Melbourne. Mm. And mm. there's no one ever going to be like him ever again. And uh, we're really lucky to work with him.
1: It's, it is. It's such a... Good. I have to point this out again to the industry leader who might be listening. You know, this is a really important thing to know about the host of the shows you're being called by or you're, you're trying to get some interaction with. If you get on air with them and you don't acknowledge to the Melbourne listener how bloody great someone like Ross is, you you, are, you look like a fool. You look like you're the one who doesn't get it. You have to remember that it's your the audience that you're talking to is theirs. It's not yours, you know. And it's a really important thing. So thank you, Mark, for for giving us those really important insights into how Melbourne views this show. It's it's no one other than you right now can give us that stuff. So it's really valuable.
2: Oh, thank you, Carmen, for saying. It. I really appreciate that. And um, as you say, it's it is Melbourne's audience. You know, Ross has cultivated cultivated that, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's a privilege to work, you know, in the position that we do. And we sometimes forget how much influence the show has. You know, you, you say something and you'll be out and about and someone will repeat something you've said, you know, a week or two ago and you're like, oh, man, a lot of people listen to this show, don't they? <laughs> so like, you've got to be careful mm-hmm. what you say. <laughs> I'm
0: already starting the hashtag Ross for Hall of Fame. Ross for Hall of Fame. That'll yeah. kick off when uh, this a podcast uh, gets out there this week. So uh, very, very exciting. Mark, thank you for joining us for the first podcast. I feel like we've got a bit of insight into the, the Ross and Russell show. Um, I did start the very first question as to you, you can only be as good as the producer, but uh, you quickly deflected that back to the, uh, to the presenters as every good producer does what keeps you going though? Other than working with two of the best, what, what's the, what's, what keeps you getting up each morning? Two o'clock, you madman.
2: Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? Um, it's just that team environment. So we're such a collaborative team. Um, everyone has a say. It's a democratic program. It's not Ross's show. It's not Russell's show. Well, it is to an extent, but they will take out cues from us. We, so we all compile the story sheet every day. We, we write down our top stories, our talkback topics, instant polls which are yes or no questions for listeners and it all gets put into one stew we cook it up and it all comes out so everybody contributes and that's what keeps me going that energy and the desire every day we don't really look back so we want to do a great show every day but it's the possibility and potential to do a better show even tomorrow and that's what keeps me going and we just want to keep improving you know we're rating the best in the country you know over twenties, but we just want to keep getting better, and we don't want to rest on our laurels. We want to make the show as best and inclusive, and as amazing uh, for the audience as we possibly can. So that's uh, that. What that's what drives me.
0: Well done, Mark. Well done. And, and look, you've worked for Southern Cross, you've worked for Fairfax, you've worked for Channel Nine <laughs> through that same radio station. Which been which one has been the best? Boy, oh, Channel Nine,
2: absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no.
2: Honest, honestly, they they've been so good. Um. Unlike some of the other bosses we've had, uh, they just let us do our thing. They don't question it. They say, "You know what you're doing. We'll leave you alone, and you go and do it." Um, they don't meddle, um, but they're really supportive. And the management team, they um, whenever we catch up, it's uh, it's really positive. And Channel Nine have been fantastic. And look, you know, we've got a television arm now, which is great. So you know, we have access to to their TV talent, which has been fantastic. But um, no, Channel Nine's been really supportive and um, yeah, we're pretty lucky that we have managers who just leave us alone.
0: <laughs> that's, that's why they're the number one program, Carmen. That's why they're the number one program. That's the perfect answer. The perfect answer. Well done. All right. Well, Mark, thank you for joining us. No comment. If someone wants to get in contact with the 3AW Breakfast Program, how, what's the best way to do that?
2: They can email me directly at mark.davidson at 3aw.com.au or the program, which is breakfast at 3aw.com.au. So uh, either will get to me.
0: Well done. Thank you, Mark. And uh, what a great one to kick off the year, Carmen. Uh, it is, It is 2024 is the year to make a difference. It's the year to actually sit, sit down and get out from behind the desk, as I said, and start getting your brand and start getting yourself out there. And if you can, and if you do get the opportunity to get on a program like 3AW Breakfast, do it, do it. Because it will, there is no bigger audience, there is no better engaged audience and I think two of the best presenters and not a bad production team in the behind the scenes as well.
1: It's pretty good, isn't it, Nick? I'm blown away. Great insight. Thank you so much again, Mark. And, yeah, assume that the TV breakfast shows are where you want to be at your peril because it is indeed this big, highly connected radio audience that you want to tap into. So, yeah, love it. Thank you so much.
0: Well done, Mark. Thank you very much. And thanks for joining us, everyone who's listening in. Uh, That's the first podcast for 2024. Looking forward to delivering another expert or another media to you next week. See you then. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.